Hello, this is Everyday Seeker, real talk for the new age, and I'm your host, Rebecca Muir. You can find all of our podcast episodes on iTunes now, and we're also on this amazing app called Stitcher that you can get for your phone, Android, and iPhone. And of course, uh, you can find us at everydayseeker.net. All of the episodes are there, along with some other resources and videos. Um, So today, we're talking about energy healing and being psychic, (laughs) and the stigma that comes with all of that as well. And we're just going to kind of break down exactly what what this process is for our guest today. We have the lovely Julie Pham uh, on Everyday Seeker, and she is a psychic, and she's also an intuitive coach, an energy healer, and an adventurer, lover of love beauty seeker. She's a St. Louisan, which is great. Um, I love St. Louisans. I've never met one I didn't like. <laughs> and she's now residing in, N- in NYC here, though. Um, former mathematician. I don't know if I, if I can use that word, mathematician. Yeah, you can. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that gives you some clout right there, sister. <laughs> she's a dog lover, and she is a fellow Aries firecracker like me so what's up Julie thank you for coming and chatting with us today well thank you for having me on the show I'm just so glad to connect with you again and talk about my story yeah that's awesome and just before I forget I'm going to put this in at the end but you can find Julie at www.theinfinitetree.com so you can find even more information about her but we're going to cover lots today So I guess let's just get started and dive in. There is a stigma around the idea of being psychic, um, and especially around that word in particular, because there's a lot of different things. You know, people use the word intuitive, they use all kinds of other things, Um, but that word in particular does have kind of a lot of ideas wrapped up in it, um, a lot of energy attached to it. Why do you think this is? (laughs) Um, I feel like... I feel like back back in the day, um, psychics were really valued. Um, there would be oracles. They be, but then, then it shifted to something that people use as a fortune teller. Sure. Um, and with that, I feel like people f- saw it more as fun and games rather than um, an actual gift, and more or less like magic. And people don't believe magic exists. Um, I'm a firm believer that magic does exist. <laughs> oh, I love that you just said that. It's not all um, like fireworks and, and um, razzle dazzle. It's it's in miracles, and every single mm-hmm. instance of our life is filled with miracles, and that in itself is magic. Um, so, but getting back to the point with the word psychic, I feel like people have been um, kind of conditioned to not believe in themselves um, because it leaves us feeling um, unempowered. Mm -hmm. When we get in touch with our psychic selves or intuitive selves, you can use them interchangeably, it really gives us a sense of empowerment. Um, And if I were to get a little bit more political about it, that that makes us not as easily to control. Yes. And I like that you just said that you can use the word psychic interchangeably with the word intuitive. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you want to say a little about that. <laughs> so it's, it, it's about, it's the same thing ultimately. Um, intuition, I feel like people don't have as much resistance to that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to use it the 
same thing as gut feeling. Gut feeling, intuition, psychic are all the same thing except it varies in degrees of strength. Um, gut feeling is just that initial reaction where you have something in your stomach that's saying that's right or not right. right. Uh, intuition is telling you, hmm, I feel like I have to meet this person or I have to go to this interview. Um, and you're like, I have a good feeling about this. And you don't really know exactly why, but you feel compelled and drawn. Psychic is when you get this information about someone or something or situation, but you have more information to why that is. Um, mm -hmm. Details, I suppose, or yeah, like a clearer, clearer picture about what that is. Um, oh, that's really interesting. And you had mentioned uh, that there are many different ways that being psychic, I suppose, can can manifest the ways the information comes in. So some people are clairvoyant, which means they can see things. They might get impressions, visual impressions. Some people are clairaudience. They're hearing things. Um, clairsentient is something that, I re um, resonate, that resonates with me. And I think maybe my theory is that we all are clairsentient, but some people may be more in tune with their own messages that their body are getting or what they're feeling. Um, but for you personally, you are clairvoyant, is that correct? And clairsentient? Or? Yes, I'm yeah. both. I'm clairvoyant and clairsentient. Mm -hmm. um, clairsentient is a very interesting thing. I think people can relate to clairvoyance because they see it in the movies. Sure. You know, you get these images, it's almost like a movie. Um, and you're trying to figure it out with what that means. But clairsentient is an interesting one because you get this overall feeling in your body. And it is filled with information. And it's up to you to kind of navigate around that. Ask yourself, what is this feeling telling me about the situation? And when you ask those key questions, your body's full of so much knowledge. It actually unlocks and tells you everything that you need to know about any problem or anything that you're looking for information um, to. Yeah, that's so powerful and in my personal experience so true and I think the biggest block to that is that we often don't trust ourselves or we have a tendency to ignore you know based on whatever if we were raised you know in Western culture a lot of the time the rational mind is prized and emotions less so although that certainly is shifting these days um, but to pay attention to these feelings and they speak loudly they speak really really loudly um, a lot of the time you know we might that's what anxiety is or depression is or sometimes and a lot of people are so quick to dismiss these things and so um, for, for many reasons one you know not wanting to uh, to have anybody think negatively of you um, but also just a sense of not trusting ourselves so do you feel that for yourself, was there some sort of a journey where you had to learn to trust those feelings or did you always trust them in, intrinsically? I would say it's always a journey for everyone wherever they are in their intuitive gifts. Um, I just want to touch base with what you said uh, with this great quote by Albert Einstein, um, famously known for his brilliance in intellect and rationale. He says, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that just speaks volumes about how everything has shifted in our society and how much intuition is downplayed. Um, in yeah. terms of... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying, yeah. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> and in terms of the journey, 
um, for trusting ourselves, I think that's something that everyone struggles with. I personally can't shake my feelings. I'm so empathic that I had to really look at it head on and be like, okay, what are you, what are you screaming at me? What is this? What does that mean? Um, so learning to trust myself is still an ongoing journey, but if I keep not being able to shake that feeling, I'm like, all right, I need to address this. It's the same thing as having reoccurring dreams. Your subconscious is telling you, pay attention. (laughs) You're not going to be able to ignore it. I mean, even, and I wouldn't say this experience that I'm about to share is exactly a psychic thing, but, you know, having gone through a difficult time in my life and having an enormous amount of anxiety and I'm just not built to be able to sweep those things under the rug. So, you know, it was like, until I listened (laughs) to what my feelings were telling me, they were just going to keep screaming at me. And it was actually debilitating, you know, it was totally debilitating. So I guess some people are maybe um, a little bit more grounded and able to kind of sweep things under the rug. But then there's some of us that it's just like, (laughs) it's like built in. It's like, okay, you can listen or you cannot listen. But if you don't listen, I'm just going to speak louder. So, yeah, for sure. I think that happens to more people than they like to admit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And lucky for me, I mean, being an artist, you know, and I've said things like this before, I'm kind of used to being a little bit outside the box. So it's been sort of easier for me to speak openly about this stuff. I think, you know, for some people, it can be really challenging um, if they are doing something that's, you know, say for a living, working in an office, do, you know, around people that might not be so receptive to to stuff that's not super logical and rational um that can be really difficult to trust yourself if you think no one else will trust you Uh, but it's a process (laughs) oh for sure um and i believe that everyone like even if you are able to push it on the rug as you say or or create these blocks it will always creep up yeah um (laughs) good point (laughs) In one way or another, it will come out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Actually, that's sort of interesting. I wasn't planning on going here in the conversation, but this is where we wound up. So I suppose one theory is that a lot of the illnesses that we experience, physical illnesses, are manifestations of, you know, these energetic blocks or, you know, intuition that we're, guidance we're receiving that we're not acting on or, I mean, would you, have you experienced anything like that or seen anything like that in your work? Oh, for sure. That's my main philosophy when I'm doing energy healing. I will scan your body for energetic blocks and then I'll get information about why you're getting this pain and how it's related to emotional blockages or emotional stress. Um, I think in the medical community, community, they can all agree that uh, there is a huge correlation between stress and illness. And if you want to go further, stress is just another word for emotional block. Right. And an emotional block in some ways could be correlated, I suppose, with actually not being in tune with your intuition or not trusting the guidance that you're receiving through your intuition or not being feeling like you're able to act on that guidance for one reason or another. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we just went there. But can you tell us tell us a little bit about how you got to be doing the work that you're doing? Did you always know that you were psychic? 
I did not always know. No. Um, my journey is an interesting one. I grew up in a very typical Asian household. I'm first generation. Um, and I was expected to fulfill, you know, obligations and kind of these ideas that they wanted me to be. And so that process in itself of acknowledging my gifts and going out there and saying, yes, I'm psychic is a huge journey. Um, I would say I've been doing this work for a few years now and it's definitely, it's like almost saying that I'm coming out of the closet. I'm yes. coming out psychic. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> wow. So um, when you started doing this work, uh, like what was, the, was there a tipping point between your old life and the life you're living now? Something that happened or um, that just made you be like, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I've got to go where I'm being guided. Um, yeah, so my journey was really interesting. I mean, I went to school. I went to Wesley University. I majored in math. I was going to be an investment banker. And while I was doing the work, I would have panic attacks. Um, and I was like, what is going on? I've never had panic attacks before. And I was completely self-sabotaging myself in the work. I was taking, like, hour-long lunch breaks. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid um, you'd relax a little bit, right? <laughs> Um, and then it came to the point I was like, I have to listen to what's going on. This isn't right. And I took a break and I started doing some soul searching and I felt this deep power within me and I didn't know how to talk about it, how to express it. And it turns out it was the fact that I had these psychic abilities that just really needed to be expressed. Um, and the turning point is when I was having a conversation with my significant other at the time. And he said to me, can you imagine yourself being without it? And I said, no. And then he said, then go into it. Wow. And I was like, yes. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. Wow. And so from that point on. <laughs> yep. Definitely oh from that point on. So, um, but did you... Was it like baby steps or were you like, all right, this is my career. I'm actually, you know, I mean, how did you get started in your healing work? Did you kind of have to, you know, explore do or practice, like practice, practice, your practice? Yes. Uh -huh. um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go into it. I'm going to explore what this means. Am I psychic? Am I not? I, um, I went during my soul searching stages. I, I got a reading and I was like, you know, how did this person I don't know at all be able to get this information from me um, and then I went home that day and I told you know my friends about the experience and I was given a book called Autobiography of a Psychic by Sonia Choquette who I adore oh, wow I love her yes I definitely love her and um, while I was reading her story I just completely related and I dove deeper and I went to meetups in the city about develop, developing your intuition and the premise of this was you go in complete strangers you're not allowed to talk about you or your backstory and you just play psychic you're like okay I'm psychic let me just tell you what I'm picking up for you <laughs> that's and, amazing yeah it was an amazing experience and then everything I was saying was was right on it was on point and then I was like oh my god I, I'm not making this up <laughs> Right. So you before you actually had the thing where you just weren't sure if you were inventing it, 
Exactly. So like before God. I thought I was reading people and I always knew I had a good read on people, but I thought I was reading body language or just, you know, situations empirically observe observation, you know, putting things up to my mind. But when it's completely a blank slate and I don't know the person, I was given the opportunity and also a safe environment where you could be wrong and, it, and it's okay. Um, wow. I just really opened up and I was like, holy crap, I am. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that yeah. so much. Like, was there a particular, is there an example you can give of something, and you don't have to give names or anything, but I just, I love getting the juicy details. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I dabbled in psychic work where I'll see somebody and okay I'm like okay you have feminine energy around you what that means to me is you're more connected to your mother's side of the family I'm picking up the fact that you have like you, you can ask yourself as many details as you want so I was like okay I'm picking up you have two sisters and you get confirmation yes 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 and when you get that confirmation it builds up your confidence yeah and then you just keep going like holy it's like it's like everything starts unlocking and unwinding and you're able to pick up everything about the person you're developing a connection um that's just incredible and in terms of what details or what information is coming through would that sort of be something you're trusting that from the divine or god is giving you the information that's needed in the moment to make the connection or or is uh, it just it's two things um i can ask for a message that i'm being led to and that's definitely being connected to to spirits that are around the other person that i'm reading or i can have my client when i do clients ask me a very specific question and that helps me really narrow in because there's tons of information available to pinpoint what is going on with that person so i generally like to ask them to to ask me a very specific question so I can hone in um, but I have been able to do like messages that is, you, you'll you come to me and be like okay what is spirit wanting to say to me right now and I'll tell you mm-hmm. and that's channeling sure sure wow um, wow that's a whole other topic too the channeling thing so yeah it I is. mean and when you well a little quick digression then for the channeling are you when you're channeling, are you pulling out of like a vague, uh, like field of potential or like wave of energy, getting that information, or are you, are you connecting with a particular spirit, guide, angel, um, to channel that information? Uh, for channeling, it can go hand in hand with mediumship, which is saying that you're connecting with spirit. So it's whether it's the spirit that's leading that that you have personally, because we all have spirits that are around us, or the spirit of the person that you're reading. Um, spirit guides, or angels, or mm-hmm. could be family members. Um, it doesn't really matter. They're just these loving presences, presence around us. Um, and when I channel, I'm tapping into one of those entities. Do you always know which one you're tapping into, or...? I'm that is more on the mediumship spectrum so I don't know exactly who I'm connecting to I can start finding information and it's um you'll start saying to the person okay I'm picking up this spirit you know she's female she has curly hair wow and I've done it before uh but I I personally prefer not to dabble because um 
it's unlocking a whole new world <laughs> that I'm not yet to walk into. It's a whole other rabbit hole you can go yeah. down. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I suppose then you are opening yourself up to a lot of other energies. Um, wow. So in terms of just like wrapping up the stigma thing, though, what is it that you would want people to know about being psychic that you feel like people don't understand? I would love people to to know that being psychic is our divine gift into this world. That all of us have it. Um, I like to use the analogy, it's like singing. Everybody is born with it. Some people are born more talented um, and others are not, but they can develop it through practice. So I just want to leave people with the message that that to develop your intuition empowers you and leaves you with living a life that's more aligned and so there is less blocks and you can live it with more grace and ease and you'll know that you're doing the right thing on each step that you're taking that's awesome I've, i first of all we talked about this when we met for tea but i love the analogy of the singing thing because some people are like i can't sing and i am a professional singer and i you know i didn't study um, I just had it. I just had it. I mean, I, I do have musician parents, so I suppose there would be some nurture there, you know, it would have been cultivated, like not on purpose, but I was always around music. But when I started to teach, I was floored to find that some people would come to me who literally could not carry a tune. I mean, I would play a pitch on the piano, like, la, sing this note, and they'd be like, ah, they'd be like, way <laughs> off, right? And so I'm thinking, you know, because I always assumed if you can't sing, you just can't sing. You can either sing or you can't, right? You can carry mm-hmm. a tune or you can't. And it's not the case. A lot of, the, actually, every single person that I've ever taught or worked with who could not match pitch, learned how to do it. It was amazing. It floored me. And that's actually just, I mean, music is energy too. It's all vibration, right? So it's really an interesting analogy and parallel that you used that as an example. And I mean, even just to take it into like 3D um, realm of let's sing. I mean, everyone can learn to attune themselves to these energies and develop these skills. So that's pretty, that's pretty badass. I love it. It's inspiring to me. Um, and so in terms of being an intuitive, being a psychic, it's something that I never considered that I was, although my roommate told me within the last year, she said, you're, you're um, an empath. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying that I'm like the most empathic empath of all time, but I think, you know, I've experienced some of that, certainly. Um, and it's more of like the clairsentient thing, right? So I'm feeling a lot, but I'm not, I always just thought it was all mine. (laughs) And now I'm realizing that maybe it's not. And frequently, an example of this is frequently, I start to feel a lot of, I I feel off when I'm on the subway. And um, I, it's weird because I never expect to, I always forget that I feel off when I get on the subway until I'm on the subway and then I start feeling off and there's a lot of crazy energy flying around there and I always thought it was mine and so I'm starting to recognize now that or be open to the possibility that maybe I'm just, you know, feeling a lot of whatever free free floating energy that's happening around. Um, But in terms of wanting to tap more into that, tune more into that and to develop my own intuition. Um, not even as it's related to other people, but as it's related to, you know, following the guidance that I receive and then 
having the guts to act on that in my life, you know, and to live like a congruent life. Um, when we spoke before, you said meditation was probably the first step um, and most important step. Am I remembering that correctly? That, that is correct. That a person would take <laughs> um, if they want to develop their own intuition. And can you tell me why do you feel that meditation is so important? So meditation is great for so many reasons. Um, one of them is the fact that it leaves us more energetic um, in the fact that instead of putting our energy outwards all the time, we're bringing it back in. Um, secondly, it is the practice of quieting the mind. Our mind is constantly going on and on and on in a million miles per second. Mm-hmm. And meditation is training us to be conscious of our thoughts and once we're conscious of our thoughts we can quiet that ego and all the fears and all the anxieties that are going on and once we get that level of centeredness we can make room for all the divine guidance that is trying to come in so that we're able to separate our thoughts from our fears from intuition yes Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would say, I, I would just interject as well, because when I started to meditate as a teenager, as a late teenager, I did not find the experience of meditation to be peaceful, and I was not able to quiet my mind. And um, I think a lot of the process there is accepting and making friends with your mind in whatever state that it's in. So you're kind of just watching things and not judging. And even in the experience of meditating, if you don't find, if you're one of those people that just has a lot to clear and you don't feel like your mind is peaceful, you're still going to be able to see what's happening inside you, be able to feel what's happening inside you more clearly without those distractions. So you're still going to be able to tune in. You're still going to be more connected with your guidance, I would just say. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, And then also I would like to add for developing intuition, a huge thing that I think that you might be able to relate to is that for people that are empathic, we are getting bombarded with energy all the time. And for people that aren't empathic, it's the same case. It's just the empathic people feel it more. Um, so ideally, what you want to do, you have to start asking yourself, what is, the, what is it that I'm feeling? And getting crystal clear on that. Once you're crystal clear on what you're feeling, you, you might be able to differentiate, oh, this is my, this is my energy, and that that's their energy. Mm-hmm. It's not about, like, I'm feeling so angry right now. You don't know why. And you're like, why am I feeling angry? I have no reason to feel angry. And then you're like, oh, I noticed that the person next to me is feeling, like, this way. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. I feel like for me it doesn't necessarily present in that I – maybe so maybe empathic isn't the correct word for me because I don't know that I feel exactly what the person is feeling sometimes I do definitely but like a stranger like on the subway I just feel weird (laughs) you know that's how I'm like oh I feel like all sorts of overwhelmed and anxious you know I'm like feeling lots of different things so an empath Mm -hmm. in particular they would be sort of more inclined to feel specifically what the person or the other people around them are feeling well I would still say you're empathic because you're you're absorbing the energy. I think we're all empathic. Right, exactly. I just don't know what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a clear particular emotion. I just know that it's uncomfortable for me. 
<laughs> most of the time. Unless, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of really happy people and that always feels good, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we just feed off one another in terms of energy. It's oh, so. so true. The boundaries are, like, really, um, like, uh, porous, I suppose, and we're not so aware always of how much we're picking up from others. Um, and I, I agree with you 100%. Even the people that aren't empathic, I mean, they, they are. They might just be, you know, a little bit more closed off or whatever, but they're getting, they're getting it too, Um if they're not paying attention, they're still getting it and it's still probably going to come out at some, it's going to, they're going to be absorbing that energy. It's still affecting them. They just aren't conscious of how, I suppose. And you might even start just feeling tired and you don't know why. Exactly. It's like getting drained in crowds, you know, uh, things like that, which is definitely difficult for me, you know, even though I can be quite outgoing you know, that's, that's like one of the, I'd say, surefire ways to, <laughs> to drain yourself is to go be around like a ton of strangers in like a tightly packed space, like the subway, you know, or like a club or something like that. Um, but I digress. I digress. I did want to ask you um, if there's a particular style or type of meditation that you enjoy or that you use or that you recommend or you just kind of sit and do your thing? <laughs> um, it depends on where you are in the process of meditation, how comfortable you feel. Um, what I do all the time, I mean, New York City is a, <laughs> it's, it's not only a hard city, city, it's a bustling city. It's full of energy all the time. And I was recently asked by my friend, how do you stay connected to spirit? And I said, I meditate. Every single time I'm on that subway, because I'm bombarded with energy just like you, I meditate. I put in my headphones to block mm. out the sound, and I just put up my energetic blocks, and I meditate. Um, so in terms of degrees of meditation and, and where people are comfortable, I would say, first and foremost, just sitting with your thoughts con- congratulate yourself for at least making that step, because that's hard. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's just like 30 seconds, that's okay. That's okay. You ha- you set the attention to say, I'm going to sit down with my thoughts. Um, and just build up from there and just focus on your breathing. And if any thoughts come up, don't get frustrated. Allow them to come. Welcome them and then say, okay, let's go back to my breathing. Inhale in, exhale out. Um, personally, because I do, I love to talk to my intuition and my guides. Every time I meditate, I ask for guidance. Um, and I would like to say that how you know that you're tapping into guidance and whether if it's your own thoughts, the biggest key in differentiating it is record it. And if it doesn't sound like your voice, you're like, I would never say that in a thousand years. That's intuition. Wow. My first time... I experienced voices of telling me, you know, guidance was when I was in Shavasana and I didn't even know what Shavasana wasn't then. I was just like having this surreal experience of almost getting like the spins, but I wasn't having vertigo and I wasn't drunk or anything like that, but it just felt like this surge of energy and I just lied on my back. And I was asking, okay, so what do I need to hear? And they told me, 
you're going to be a leader. And I was like, what? I don't <laughs> think so. I would never say that because I'm so introverted. Well, you're an Aries, so you're actually uh, astrologically <laughs> meant and born to be a leader. I guess so. But, you know, me being so introverted, I was like, what? No way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And this was years ago, years ago, when I first started tapping into this whole realm of spirituality. And slowly but surely, I have become, in my way, a leader by example of, of developing my intuitive gifts, teaching people how to do it, and also healing people. Yes. So I would say the biggest thing of knowing um, how you know intuition is coming in is knowing that that's not what you would normally say. Wow, that's really interesting, and I'm glad that you, I'm glad you gave us that tip. And that's that's just for um, not necessary. Is it the same thing as? Sorry, I'm like you were getting that information from your guides, correct? Yes, I so, was. So um, you can get intuition from your inner, your higher self, or your yourself, and then the guides, and that would be like a different thing, or. It is different, but it's the same. The same rule applies because your higher self has so much knowledge as well. You would never say the things that the higher self would be saying to you. <laughs> wow, very cool. <laughs> so again, so and then meditating and just coming back to the breath and essentially just being aware of what what is coming up for for you. And it's interesting that you said even if you can sit for just 30 seconds, that really helps. And I know that seems like not a long time, but I did this book, um, May Cause Miracles, um, by Gabrielle Bernstein. And there, it was a workbook and it had a different exercise that you did every day. And there was some journaling. But one of the things was that you were supposed to meditate for one minute every day. And it was, she's like, everyone can find one minute. I don't care how busy you are. You can find one minute. And so I did that because it seemed very manageable to me. You know, I had done some much more hardcore meditating back in the day. Um, and so sometimes I think, oh, it's daunting to think for, of sitting for half an hour or an hour. But so I did the one minute and lo and behold, like it really did make an enormous difference in my entire life. You know, before I would leave the house, I would sit for one minute and meditate and I would set a timer with my phone and just centering and come because we're so scattered all the time or at least I am maybe I shouldn't speak for everyone but <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys out there are pretty scattered when you're going through your daily life busy running to work you're doing the dishes you're doing whatever you have to do so if you just sit and center a lot can come to light a, a lot can snap into clarity in just 60 seconds and le and sometimes often less than that so it doesn't take a lot um and I love that you mentioned that because I totally had forgotten about that. So it's just it's probably something that I need to be, it's definitely something I need to be doing. Like I said, it's something that I did a year or two ago. I have not been meditating for one minute every day, and I should be. So it's a good Def reminder. <laughs> I would like to add that the reason why I wanted to say that is because we are so hard on ourselves about you know, how, how much time we're putting in or just critiquing ourselves. And if you just allow yourself and, and have compassion, say, I did this today, I did something out of love for myself, that just speaks volumes. And also, the one minute a day is such a great practice because I like to, I think the quote is, 80% of, of success is just showing up. 
and you're showing up mm. every day just for one minute and it's, and it did so much for you even if it was just one minute big time and most of the time I actually was enjoying the process that I wanted to sit for longer but knowing that I didn't have to was what got my ass on the cushion to begin <laughs> with do you know what I mean like sometimes I really yes. didn't have time but if I was like I have to sit for 20 minutes like that was you know which isn't even that long honestly I mean I I, I do that sometimes but you know when I'm in the mood too which isn't always so the one minute thing is what'll get your butt on the cushion and And that really, especially over time consistently, because, you know, just to sit and go in and like, it's almost like the smoke clears or like the fog clears just for a minute. And I I never didn't get some kind of really wonderful insight, even in that one minute, Um, just trying to kind of connect to my spirit and the overall all to God to just you know what I'm doing I mean I suppose every whether or not you believe in God or do whatever you know you can have your own sort of agenda or um sense of spirituality but you're going to get clarity so that's really that's really helpful you're going to definitely be more in tune with what with your own truth for sure um yeah, so I wanted to ask you, what is the most amazing psychic experience that you've had personally? Is there like a particular thing that you witnessed? Um, it could be something that you experienced yourself or experienced in a, in a session with a client. Um, and you certainly don't have to give names or be too personal, but I'm just curious if there's like an example that's really, that really floored you. Um, let me think. There are just so many instances. Um, I would say, I would say I started realizing my gifts were, they started materializing in my dreams. Um, so I would say, I used to, I was having these dreams about my mother, and my mother and I kind of have a strained relationship, so we don't talk that often. We can go like two weeks or three without speaking. Um, and I all of a sudden I got hit with a dream with my mother in the subway, and it was it was a vivid dream where we're in the subway. There was like a terrorist attack, and she got out, and I was trying. She just sits down on on the bench, and I'm trying to get her out. And I said, "Why aren't you going?" She's like, "Oh, I can't see." I was like, "Okay, okay, we need we need to go." And she's like walking, and then she's limping, and I was like, "Are you okay?" And she was like, uh, "I just I just fell." Um, and so that just like that was that struck that struck me so the next morning I called my mother and I was like mom are you okay she's like yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine don't worry about it I was like but how are you physically Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was like oh my allergies are acting up so I can't really see that well Um, I'm trying to yeah she's like I'm trying to take this medication and I was like okay is is there anything else I was like looking for like a huge thing she was like well, I fell the other day, and my hip's been hurting. So um, wow. I was like, okay, there we go. That's, that's why interesting. I had that dream. <laughs> God, that's, so, that's really interesting. Wow, that's so cool. I mean, just to know that you, even to say that you don't speak with her that often, but you're obviously very connected to her energy at all times. Regardless, that's like a huge soul connection to even experience that. Um, and For there's sure. so much of our connection that is just nonverbal, um, 
Wow. And you do dream interpretation as well. So this is a great segue into the rest of your work, right? So you're not just, I mean, you do psychic readings and you pick up on energy and, um, but you do, you do healing work. You do Reiki, you do other, you know, energetic healing work and you do dream interpretations. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, dream interpretations I like to really integrate into my either my coaching practice or um, I'm launching a new program where I'm, I'm mentoring people to develop their intuitive gifts and dream dream work is basically very critical in that um, our dreams there, I think there is a quote that says dreams are the language of God mm. and our dreams carry so many symbols and it's it's known that it it communicates our unconscious and it's something that when we're in dream state we are experiencing fully so if we experience those emotions fully when i when we talk about the symbols and what it means it definitely carries a weight of like oh my god that makes sense for me rather than thinking oh that's just my rational brain talking because you actually felt that whole experience right rational brain was turned right off right <laughs> during off. that exactly. whole thing <laughs> yeah wow. so when i do dream dream work it helps you really get in touch with your emotions whatever problems are coming to you and also they're filled with guidance every single dream that you have especially the reoccurring dreams that's a little nagging nagging voice that's saying pay attention yes. <laughs> <It's important. laughs> yeah obviously right you know it's just a pattern wow um and then also uh not only do i do psychic readings i do other work and it's because i believe in the philosophy of psychic readings only cover a layer it's like okay did this reading for you you have more insight you have more clarity into your situation but if that's not helping you move forward I want to be able to give you the tools to move forward so I do intuitive coaching um, where yes. I take a step where I take a step back and I guide I become a guide I help you look inwards to identify the emotional blocks that you're having and help remove them so that you can be living a life more of alignment right so rather than just being like I see this this and this is an issue for you but then it's like, okay, well, now what? <laughs> right? Exactly. So this is, you know, okay, well, how do I fix it? Right? So this is why the other work that you're doing is so important. And um, yeah, so you said that there's a lot of journaling involved in that as well, which is really, really oh, helpful. Oh, is crucial in all of the work that I do. So in becoming intuitive, journaling is crucial. Um, and also in coaching, I tell people to journal all the time. It's it allows you, like, I mean, it can even be used to help you learn how to channel. That's how I started learning how to channel. Wow. So it helps you just really start to not be in that cycle of being a rat in a cage with your thoughts going around and around and around, and it allows you to become linear. So when you're journaling, you're talking about everything that you need to, whatever needs to come through without judgment. And when you allow that process to happen, it surprises you with how much can come out sure and then even how many insights you get that like when I was doing 
a lot of journaling, even with the Gabrielle Bernstein book, I would have these like amazing insights, but then I would like forget because I'm a little human with my little human brain that's going functioning every day. And so part of that program was to look back over what we had journaled every week. And I would be floored. I'd be like, yeah, I had this huge epiphany. And then I just forgot about it. Like, how did that happen? Right. So, you know, it's like cathartic and in one sense to move that energy and move that stuff through you. Literally, it's coming out of the gate. Um, as you're journaling or speaking and you're expressing it and expelling it. Um, but you're also gaining clarity and then you have a record of it that you can always return to, which is like pretty big. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's a huge thing. We don't acknowledge the steps that we make, but when you have a log, you're like, wow, I can't believe one. I can't believe I, that, that came out of me. (laughs) (laughs) And two, I can't believe how much I've transformed. Um, we don't give ourselves enough credit. And when we don't give ourselves enough credit, that in a way is a setback. So right. I mean, just journaling to whatever, if it's you're an artist and you just want to be creative, journaling to express emotions, whatever, whatever it is, it's a great tool. Yeah, Absolutely. Is there, is there anything else you wanted? I don't want to interrupt you with the journaling thing. I don't know if there's more that you have to say on that before I ask you might go somewhere else or. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just curious about the energy healing work as well. Right. So you might do a reading on somebody, pick up on some blockages, and then you set up sort of a plan to help them work through that. But you also do energy healing. And I'm curious if you are working with the chakras in particular specifically if you're kind of you know um not seeing it as an energy anatomy if you're kind of just more feeling your way through everything um there's so many different energy healers out there that describe their work in different ways and light grids and light beams and sometimes i get overwhelmed and i'm very interested in all of it so i would be curious to find out how you work i work the same way as I do with my reading so it's just all by feel when Mm. I do an energetic scan of your body I am using my hands as receptors and I'm scanning your body and I'll notice first and foremost chakra points those are the easiest to go through Um, but I might actually just get you know let's say your your shoulder is feeling really tight that's not a chakra point but I'll know that that's happening because I have this ability to feel whatever pain you have in my body. Wow, that's <laughs> good and good and bad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very unique. So it's a great tool, so I can identify. Um, it's not it's not as severe, obviously, as the person that's actually experiencing it. But I, if I can feel it in my body, then I know exactly how to relate to it, exactly how to treat it and what's alleviating it and what's not alleviating it right that's handy (laughs) (laughs) so then how would you go about delivering it's similar to reiki you said you explained to me that the type of work that you're doing it's like you went to get attuned and you did get a reiki attunement but it was sort of like you're like oh i already know how to do this you know i'm essentially like yeah i'm sure you can really relate because you've done the process as well it's founded on principles that we have a universal energy source and we become a conduit so that we bring in that universal energy source as a 
a mode of healing for whatever focalized points that need the healing. Um, and when they're going through the principles and I was getting attuned, I realized I already knew how to do this. And I was like, oh, this is the same thing as kind of psychic work where we all have this huge knowledge that we just need to tap into ourselves. Um, so I, I was like, okay, if I can use the same principles, which is basically the same principles um, as intuition and psychic work, as just really tapping in to that energy, that's essentially what it is. Um, that's the way I work. Right. And so the energy is just going where it's needed to go or do you direct it? I direct it. Um, I also can feel where it needs to go to because my hands will start heating up. Awesome. If it's like, oh, that's electricity. We got something going there. <laughs> wow. That's so awesome. Yeah. Wow. I've experienced But I know it. that you have um, experience as well with the yeah, um, I'm sorry. Can you just say I have a feeling that we, our connection might be a little funky? Yeah, I think it cut out a little okay. bit. You seem to be back now, though. Um, no, I had a really great experience with Reiki. I haven't used my Reiki very very much. Um, I was attuned like 15 years ago um, to the first level. But I remember when I when I was 16, I had appendicitis and I was very, very sick. It was a weird untextbook case of it. So I was sick in the hospital for a long time and after, and I miraculously survived and it was great. But there was a friend of ours, um, that had offered to give me some free Reiki treatment. And he was like, wow, you're, I was only 16, you know, he was like, wow, you were really sucking the energy up. And at the time I couldn't feel it during the treatment, but he could, um, and later on that day, I remember just being like, there's no way I'm making this up. I have more energy than I've ever had in my life. I mean, I was like, I was 16, but I was like jumping on the bed. I mean, it was crazy. I could really, and then, and I did, I had this really profound healing because even though I was already better, I had been losing my hair because I was I was so close to death that like my hair growth literally had shut down. So then what happens because hair grows and, you know, it grows, then it stops growing and then it falls out. And that's like the natural growth cycle of hair. So a few months later when I was better, that's when my hair was starting to fall out. And that's a, something that you can't stop. I mean, it's just once it's already stopped, gotten to that point in the cycle, you can't, no one can do anything to make it stop falling out, you know. So as a 16-year-old girl, I was like, obviously beside myself with the fact that I was losing my hair. Um, I mean, I actually didn't go bald or anything, thank God. But after this one Reiki treatment, and it was like, I don't remember how long he treated me for, but it was, I don't know, it was probably close to an hour. My hair stopped falling out that day. I mean, you can't even make this shit up. You can't. (laughs) I mean, excuse my French, right? But, you know, so uh, that was, I mean, I already believed in it long before then. I had, you know, my interest had been piqued in this kind of thing when my aunt had sent my father as a gift, Barbara Brennan's Hands of Light. You know, I had a look at that when I was like 11 or 12 years old. But this was my first direct experience with that. So... Um, and I don't know that he was directing the energy, like, you know, he just, he had Reiki. He wasn't a career healer like you. He wasn't directing the energy anywhere, but I guess it was just going wherever it needed to go. Um, so 
that's my own personal experience with Reiki. Um, but it's inter- interesting that you say that you feel it in your hands. Because as someone that's been attuned to Reiki, I I haven't had that experience. I don't use it, obviously, very often. Um, but I can feel thing energy coming into my body through my um, third eye, which apparently it's not supposed to be coming in there. <laughs> it's supposed to come in through your crown, so I don't know. But um, I can always feel it coming, something happening in my third eye area whenever I use Reiki. Um, this is like a totally unplanned question, but I'm just going here. So I'm curious what you think of that. <laughs> what What do you think that could be? Um, first off, what do you mean, or can you go further into what do you mean uh, about going through the third eye? What are well, you experiencing? From what I had um, been told when you get Reiki attunement, they essentially are opening up the the energy center in your crown, which is for anybody that's not familiar with the stuff that's in the top of your head, that we have these energy centers, chakras. Um, there are many of them, but the seven primary energy centers, the biggest ones, are they go up and down our spine, basically. So the top one is where when you get a Reiki attunement to be able to access and channel better access we always have access but to be able to more clearly access and channel this universal life force energy the reiki master or the teacher will open up the energy center in your crown and so that the energy and also in your palm so that the energy can more freely travel down through you and out into whatever subject you want to heal so a lot of people they had said oh well you you should feel often maybe some heat in your palms, tingling in your palms. You might feel some heat or tingling in your crown. And now I do, actually. Ironically, now I do. But but primarily and predominantly, I feel this really intense pressure in my forehead right at my third eye point, which is another chakra point. And so um, that was always kind of strange to me because it just didn't really... And it's unmistakable. I mean, I'm not making it up. Sometimes it is so intense, it actually hurts. <laughs> So, um, but I just always found that really odd that it's... It when almost, do you experience? Whenever I meditate, but specifically if I'm trying to do Reiki, I will experience almost like the energy is coming in through my third eye, which is weird, I suppose. But I don't know. This is like a whole other tangent. I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to go here, but I'm just curious if um, if you have any insight onto what you think could be happening there, if you think the energy is indeed coming through there or if it's coming through the crown, but I'm just like super sensitive at that third eye point. So that's why I'm feeling it there or. Intuitively, I'm picking up the fact that energy is coming in through the crown, but it's really focused in that area because it's, it wants to call attention to that area. Hmm. Um, the third eye is, is the, for all of you that don't know, it's, um, the center point in between our eyebrows just a little bit above that area um, and what I'm picking up is the fact that it's a calling for you to develop that area more <laughs> that's really cool I just got tingles <laughs> wow cool interesting and that's that's actually sort of interesting too because um, over the last few years I've developed a really chronic sinusitis which I googled at one point and read that that's actually related to the sixth chakra which is the third eye energy point so there would be some sort of blockage there with me that I need to get sorted but um that's interesting thank you for that (laughs) I'll have to take a peek at that one um yeah gosh I feel like I have so many other questions for you um 
but is there anything else you wanted to say about your healing, the, the energy healing part of your practice? Um, I just want to take a step back again. Um, I just did a scan on your body. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because you because you asked me about it. Sure. Um, yeah. So what I said was was essentially what I wanted to say. However, um, I wanted to add the fact that the message I'm getting for you is that you aren't you're not fully open and accepting and trusting of the information you're giving getting so that point in your third eye is just becoming just like pay attention pay attention the same thing we're talking about and it's it's like it wants to be released that's what's happening that energy is building up in there and you do have a gift and it wants to be released <laughs> that's very interesting <laughs> wow yeah thank you for that i um i guess i guess i have some um I guess I have some work to do, I guess, work, quote, unquote, or you, maybe I don't think of it as work necessarily, but some things to process there. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I spoke to you before. You're empathic and you're also quite intuitive. So it's just, it's calling for your attention to step, to step into that power. Thank you for that. Yeah, I have this like whole trip like a lot of people do with the rational mind, right? It's like I'm very interested in all of this healing. I believe in it 100%. But I also, you know, I'm kind of have been torn between worlds for a long time. So I like for things to make sense. <laughs> so if I can't chalk it up to like, if I can't make it make sense in a like traditional scientific Western way, or if I can't even with you know, meditation and I always have to make it, it has to fit into my rational, logical box. And if it doesn't, it really bothers me, (laughs) like really bothers me. So that's, it's really, thank you for that. I really actually am very grateful to you and appreciate you sharing your intuition as related to me personally. Um, because that'll be helpful for me. Um, it's just like, I know I need to let go a little bit more of, uh, needing to have everything make sense all the time to my rational mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like almost like there are two processes because there have been many times um, in my life where I felt like what I was feeling didn't make sense and that caused me all sorts of problems because then I would go with what my mind said over what my feelings said. And I feel like that's like a super common thing that happens to a lot of us. Um, and it yeah. never went well, by the way, when I chose the what does my mind think? <laughs> you know, that that like did not go well at all, ever, not a single time. Um, and I'm not to, trying to crap on the mind. I think it's a, like you said in your opening quote, it's so important, so, so important to um, use that. It's a gift we were given. We have a mind for a reason. But um, yeah. Um, my viewpoint on the the heart and the mind is that our heart gives us so many feelings. There are just I feel like a lot of people don't know how to trust because feelings can be fleeting. Sure. Um, but they are they are indicators for things. Like so, the point is we have our mind to kind of be like the the key code to dissect what our feelings are saying so that they can work in alignment it's not one or the other it's you have your feelings there for a reason what's going on there your mind's going to be that like the map or the key to, to tell you what's going on yeah. and and then then you can move in harmony 
Definitely. And a lot of the time it's difficult because what our feelings are calling us to do are often things that are scary. <laughs> so you oh, try to say, okay, well, that's a bad idea because that means I'm going to have to change my whole life or I have to take this risk or, you know, change this thing, which makes me unsafe or maybe I have to quit my job or maybe I have to leave my relationship or I have to change something that I, you know, don't feel like changing. And so if you listen to your feelings, it often requires you to take what you perceive as a giant risk. And so that's when we get the whole let's stuff those under the rug kind of deal. Yeah, but lucky for us, lucky for us, like, you know, I feel like that's, we are built the way we are built and illnesses arise because they're a safety mechanism. It's almost like, okay, well, if you're going to stuff it, stuff it under the rug, we're going to find another way to have it speak to you. So when you get sick or you have a panic attack, or you, like you said, you were experiencing when you were in, in university, these are all just things to get our attention so that we step back into where, onto our path where we're supposed to go. <laughs> Exactly. It's giving us um, signals all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like when you're in a bowling alley and you have the um, – actually, that's a wrong, bad example. I'm thinking of like – well, thinking of a guardrails, essentially, like along a road, right? Mm-hmm. They're guardrails, and they're going to keep you on your path, even if you get kind of roughed up along the way. Um, but I wanted to ask you – this is a really important question I want to make sure I don't forget to ask – about being psychic and getting readings, um, how is that how, uh, about fate, fate versus free will, this whole topic, right? So um, psychic readings can be helpful if we're feeling really confused, you know, and we're having a hard time tuning in with our own intuition because sometimes you can be uh, just so overwhelmed with emotion and so overwhelmed with fear that you really cannot... Um, tune into what your truth is and what you need to do um so that in that sense you can go see somebody and and they can act as a guide and help you get clearer and and heal and take steps you need to take to heal yourself but in terms of like predicting the future or anything like that I don't know do you do any sort of predictions when you're reading people and how does that fit into how do you feel about the whole fate versus free will thing uh First, I do predictions of the future all the time. Um, And fate and free will is a great topic to bring up. People don't, oftentimes don't like to go to readings like, oh, that means that I don't have any power over my future. And then if I go do a reading, then it's going to like change the whole course because then I'm going to listen to that and it's going to mess with my mind. Um, But whenever I do a reading for somebody, I explain to them that we do, they they both exist. We do have things that are fated for us, but we also do have free will. Um, and things that I feel like are fated are are based on our is based on our character. The Greeks used to have a word for it called um, arete, a r e t e, which means character is fate. Wow. So, whatever we do, let's say um, the easiest thing I can think of is is if you go to me and you're going to ask me about. Um, your financial life and you're you're addicted to gambling I will say that it sounds to me that there's a good chance that your financial problems are not going to get better at at the moment however there is free will so if you change this behavior pattern that you have in your relationship to money you can receive abundance and your financial situation will will become better um 
so I don't know if that answered your question exactly, but no, it does. Our, <laughs> yeah, it totally does. We we have a probability of how things are going to happen depending on our character and our choices that we make. Right, so but we can I always do, choose differently. Exactly. So I will tell you the probability of this happening is like 50%, half and half, or it could be as likely as 80-90%. But I leave that little bit of 10% to say if something drastically happens, which I don't think it will, but if something does drastically happen in your behavior, then everything else changes. Sure. And I mean, honestly, even if you're going to get a reading and the reader or the intuitive is picking up on some sort of like potentially harmful energetic pattern that might play out in a way that's not so awesome. Um, just the fact that you have that information then sort of, I would imagine, increases the probability that you can overcome that situation just by being informed. Does that, or maybe, I mean, not like that's going to be so easy. I mean, if you have these things that need to be healed, it's work, but does that make sense? It's definitely definitely makes sense. Um, it also takes a certain mentality and openness to work on your on the emotional blocks that you have. Right. But the information is definitely key. Understanding is also definitely key. It's the first thing is awareness. Do you think anything is set in stone? That's um, a tough question. That <laughs> is a tough question. I do say that set in stone kind of goes along with fate. Um, and to all the listeners out there, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but I do feel like soul contracts are faded. Um, soul contracts are, before we enter this lifetime, we make these connections with other souls so that we may learn something from one another. And that's one of the things in this life that I feel is definitely faded. But what is the differential um factor would be the timing of when you meet these people i see and how the relationships play out exactly and where you are in the process that's very interesting i i have this teacher that i love carolyn mace and i speak about her all the time um and she has a whole book about soul contracts called sacred contracts essentially about things that happen in our lives so i'm right on board with you there um I, I tend to agree with that idea. I mean, I, I don't know anything, but I definitely agree with that, with that idea that, that, that that's how things go. Um, one thing I do want to say for our listeners as well and is, you know, I, I've seen many psychics over the years. I've seen very few good ones. <laughs> but I, I totally believe that, you know, I totally, absolutely, 100% believe that some people have incredible gifts, including Julie here. Um, but there's just, there's a lot of people out there that that maybe are not so great. And But even this one woman that I did see that even was wonderful, I mean, she was right about a lot. There was something that she wasn't right about. And... Um, I remember that really stuck in the back of that of my mind and it really did affect me um, because it had, you know, I'd asked her about my love life essentially, which is something that's sort of like an ongoing experience in my life and it's, uh, it's still relevant. Um, and at the time I was asking her about a particular relationship um, that I was leaving and she was like, nope, this could be the love of your life. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I mean, it just really, <laughs> because my my intuition and my gut 
feeling was saying that I needed to leave that relationship. So that was really, that actually for me wound up wreaking a lot of havoc in my, you know, it, it was already, it was already a messy situation. I can't blame it on her at all. And she's wonderful, a very beautiful woman with a really true gift. Um, so I'm curious about what she would have been picking up on just that this person that who's really, that I left the relationship, we did actually have a very good relationship. So I wonder if it was just that she was picking up on that and knew that, you know, our two souls had, you know, a lot of love and respect for each other. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, and it just, it made it more difficult for me to follow my own gut. But at the same time, the whole reason I called her to begin with was because I wasn't listening to myself and I didn't trust myself. So that was a really interesting lesson. (laughs) I was looking for someone else to give me the answer that I already had. I just didn't want to listen to what was down there. You know, does that make sense? I guess I don't even know what I'm asking, but I suppose, uh, let me try to clarify this question. Um, Can even a great psychic be sometimes wrong about the trajectory is it like just sort of a snapshot like you said of probabilities right so so I will say this and I'm going to be completely honest no matter who says this to you I will say no psychic is a hundred percent correct and whenever you get a reading it's it's so useful and so helpful I mean I get readings and I I do in I, I have intuitive gifts because it's an outside party who has no, knows nothing about you but can give you affirmation on things that you are feeling intuitively. And that's that so, has so much value in itself. Um, but when it comes to getting your readings done, I always tell my clients that first and foremost, I will never tell you what to do with your life. That is a power that only you should have. Secondly, always trust your gut instinct or your intuition with whatever I'm saying to you. If I'm saying something to you and it rings and it vibrates and it resonates in your body, that is definitely something you should hold on to. If it's not, if it doesn't resonate, then you should let that go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you receive that reading with that lady, I would say – if it didn't stick with you, that's something you should have let go. I mean, our bodies and our intuition, that it it speaks leaps and bounds with how much knowledge is there. Um, and when I get readings done, I, I have people tell me things that are not right, but I still go to them because I am looking for that resonance. Right. That Then I'm like, okay, you know, I didn't think about that, but it resonates with me so much that I feel that's true. Right. It's almost like, yeah, exactly. Nothing's 100%, but you're still getting, you're still definitely getting guidance that's worth something. And again, I will just say, and I haven't mentioned her name, but she, she is like, she's a wonderful psychic. I mean, she was right about so many things that there's no denying her gift, which is actually, you know, why I was like in such turmoil about what she said. You know, I was like, oh my God, you know. Um, but that was a lesson in me learning that I needed to trust myself as well instead of looking for to somebody else to to tell me. And, and in that situation, I mean, my gut was speaking so loudly to me. <laughs> it was like not like, you know, I, I really should, shouldn't have been going. I really should. I should have just listened. I should have known already because my gut was speaking so loudly. Um, but, yeah, anyway, and, go ahead. But that also reminds me um, – 
of the way I do my work. I do readings because um, it gives you a really good insight and clarity into your present situation. But I don't ever want that to be the do-all, be-all at the end of the day. Um, my purpose is to empower and heal. And so that's the initial thing I love to start with because it, it creates a soul connectedness and spiritual connection between the two of us. And then I move into tools and how to heal, how to create alignment, and how to remove blocks that are going on, um, and also to empower you. That's my main message, is I want to empower everyone that I work with. Mm, that's so true. I mean, it makes so much sense. Obviously, how can you help anyone more than by empowering them? You know, that's awesome. That's so amazing. Um, Julie, we can find you at the infinite tree dot com and you have a different packages i suppose for people anybody that would want to work with you um i don't know if you want to say a little bit about that yeah. uh sure so you can, def- <laughs> you can definitely find me at www.theinfinitetree.com i offer readings i offer intuitive coaching um i offer a whole package deal where i do energy healing with you I do psychic reading with you and I do intuitive coaching so that it covers all the bases Um, I'm currently working on a program to help people develop their intuition so stay tuned with that and um, anyone that has any questions or would like just to connect please feel free to shoot me an email at theinfinitetree at gmail.com and I'd be more than happy to assist anyone on on their path that's awesome. And just before before I let you go, I, I do have one final question for you. And f- also, feel free to interject. Is there anything that you didn't get to express or share that you wanted to? Um, I just wanted to recap on the message that the word psychic is not negative and that everyone is, in fact, psychic, intuitive, and gifted. And... If you tune into this gift, if you nourish this gift, it will leave you empowered and being able to trust who you are. And and it all comes down to loving who you are. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> so I don't know if that's actually the answer to the question I'm about to ask you, but I was going to say if you had one piece of wisdom to offer the world one piece of advice based on your experience of being alive on this earth so far, what would that be? It kind of had to do with what I was saying, but it it would definitely be to love yourself. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the most difficult challenge that we all struggle with. It's so easy for us to find flaws, but to actually send love and to forgive and to have compassion for everything that we're going through just is momentous. Um, And in loving ourselves and in healing ourselves, it's the most impactful thing we can do for the world. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. If you clean up what's inside, clean up your side of the street, <laughs> then you are just in such a better position to go forth and spread spread good vibes, good energy to help other people. So absolutely. Is there, um, 
Is there a favorite self-love practice you have? Or do you have a practice or is it just kind of... I do a variation of things. I like to thank myself. I like to... I like to congratulate myself. I like to give myself praise. <laughs> that's great. I love the idea of thanking yourself. I don't think that I've ever done that. That's it's, actually sort of huge and enormous, and I'm so glad I just asked you that, and I'm so glad you just said that, because that's really huge. I mean, it's like, even in the smallest things, it's, let's say you chose to eat, like, fruits and veggies instead of something that's toxic for your body. I would say thank you thank you for showing up and putting something good in your body or like when I go to yoga and like let's say my practice is awful that day I thank myself for showing up and giving myself love and taking care of my body and I say yeah (laughs) and I say I'm grateful I'm grateful for for you which is me (laughs) that's powerful and beautiful and um super practical I mean like it's like a practical thing that that people can apply so I love it I love it okay Julie well thank you so much for um, speaking with us today and being so open and sharing your whole experience of you know your psychic journey your journey through being a healer healing yourself and offering this healing to others and we just i appreciate you so much and people can find you at the infinitetree.com and you can find you can find me and all of the other episodes of this podcast at everydayseeker.net and we're also on itunes and stitcher and you can connect with us on facebook i always forget to tell people this but i do i have an instagram account for everyday seeker it's just everyday seeker facebook.com slash everyday seekers so there's a community if you have any questions feel free to hit us up you can find you connect with myself you can connect with julie any of our other guests that appear on everyday seeker and feel free to you know connect with us and let us know what you think let us know what you want us to talk about share your opinions (laughs) so thank you julie thanks everyone for for joining us and have a wonderful week cheers (laughs) 